Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 20 of Season 2 of the Toward Light Podcast. Last episode, I talked about wise speech, which is speech that is honest, kind, timely, and useful. One thing I noted was that if speech can't be wise, then the Buddha recommended that we stay silent. That's been a tough one for me recently. I've been giving too much unsolicited advice. Today, I want to talk about listening and some things that can get in the way of our ability to listen. Two points before I get into this. First, we don't have to listen to unwise speech. When people are consistently harsh or lying to us or gossiping, we can choose not to participate in that. We can set boundaries, and that's a whole other episode. But I just want to be clear that while I'm talking about listening, that does not mean that we need to allow ourselves to be treated badly. One of my teachers, Vinnie Ferraro, says we can let people back into our heart, but not into our home. So we can still have compassion for someone, but we don't need to listen if the speech is consistently unwise. The second thing is that I do want to just be clear, and again, this is another entire episode, that there are times when we do need to speak up, be forceful, stand up for ourselves, stand up for others. I think about when I was teaching adaptive skiing and I would be working with skiers who had some form of impairment. If somebody skied too close to us, I would absolutely go up to them and explain to them who we were, what our jackets meant, why it was important for them to slow down or give us space or whatever. So there are times to speak up, of course, and that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm really talking about is those moments when we are having a hard time listening or we're noticing ourselves talking more than listening or we're giving a lot of advice. This might be some stuff to think about. So what are some aspects of listening or what can help us listen? Part of it is it being the right time. I feel like I mentioned this in almost every episode, but if I'm hungry or really sleepy, I'm not going to be the best listener. Whatever the right time is for you, maybe you're a morning person, maybe you're a night person, but knowing what's the right time. And if someone calls us or comes to see us and it's not the right time, do we know enough to say, hey, I'm not in the place to listen well right now. Can we reschedule this or can we talk later or whatever? Another helpful tool for listening is something I've heard one of my teachers, Joanna Hardy, talk about some, and it's this idea of percentages. When we're listening, how much of us is in our body and how much of us is out with the other person or up in our minds thinking about what we want to say to respond? We play with this and and we notice, oh, like right now I really want to jump in. So like I've totally let go of my body. Maybe I can feel my feet or feel my butt, especially if it's a subject that's intense or charged in some way. It's really useful for us to get into our bodies, really be there, really have maybe almost 80% of our attention in our body and 20% hearing what's being said. 
that may sound like a crazy percentage. You have to figure it out for yourself. But I can hear just fine if 80% of my attention or maybe 75% of my attention's in my body. I actually hear better because I'm receiving it with my whole being. The third aspect of listening that is incredibly important is this idea of compassion or karuna, which is often described as the quivering of the heart in response to pain. So when we're hearing someone's difficulty or somebody's life, we want to come from a heart that cares. But we need to know that this does not require action in this moment. It requires a being with the person being with their story, being with their pain, but we don't have to do anything about it. In order to cultivate compassion, in order to be ready, so in that moment when someone calls and says, I'm going through something tough, can you listen? One thing we can do is we can learn others' perspectives. We can see how narrow our view is based on our social location, So, for example, I'm white, so I like to read books by authors of color because that helps to broaden my perspective a little bit. It doesn't mean I know their experience, but it just reminds me that there's a broader sense of things. So whether it's films or books, articles, podcasts, taking ourselves out of our comfort zone helps us to cultivate compassion. We are all created out of causes and conditions. The causes and conditions that brought me to this moment are different than the causes and conditions that brought you to this moment. So we have to be aware of that and remember that when we're listening, when we're bringing a heart of compassion. And we need to know our limitations. This links back a little bit to the right time thing, right? If I know that hunger is a real trigger for me, then I'm going to make sure if somebody sends me a text and says, hey, is this a good time to talk? I'm hungry. I'm going to say, no, give me 30 minutes and I'm going to eat something. We all have these different things, but we need to know our limitations. We need to know ourselves. This is where mindfulness comes in. And with compassion, we know our limits of what we can be with and what we can't. I've had times when I've volunteered in hospitals And I know which type of patients I can really connect with and be with and which type are a little bit harder for me. And so if because I'm honest with that, I can be of better service. So we need to find what our limits are in terms of compassion and just in terms of how we are in the world. In order to be a good listener, it's helpful if it's the right time, if we're in our bodies and we're coming from a heart of compassion. But what can get in the way of that? Conditioning, of course. Cultural and familial conditioning. If we look at all of the systems that we've been raised in, from our family to our schools, to the communities we've grown up in, to the jobs we've had, to the people we've interacted with, to the religions we've been associated with, whatever, 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 We can see all of these circles, all of these areas in our lives where we have been conditioned in some way. And some of that conditioning is useful in one situation and not useful in another. I've been in addiction recovery for a long time, but I've recently gotten into more of an emotional sobriety program. 
And some of the stuff that I learned in the addiction recovery program doesn't transfer. It doesn't mean it was never useful, but it means that the conditioning that I got in that program that kept me sober does not necessarily help me change some of these other behavioral patterns. It's really important for us to look at all of the systems that color us, even the healthy ones, and see what stories may be lingering or what might be getting in the way of us listening to this person in this moment. We can be clear that conditioning plays a part sometimes in our barriers to connection. Another barrier can be trauma and generational trauma. We need to remember both for ourselves and for whoever we're listening to that we're not alone, that we have been conditioned by generations. There's all these studies of epigenetics now. We're understanding how many generations of trauma we carry. We are born with all of the eggs we're ever going to have. So when my mother was growing in my grandmother's womb, the egg that created me was in there as well. So I was inside of my mother, inside of my grandmother. And so if you think of how that could potentially affect us, how those generations could be passing down trauma, patterning, conditioning, whatever, it again opens us to a level of compassion. We don't know exactly what people are going through. We don't know what we're going through sometimes. Sometimes I can have a welling up in me of an emotion that's so strong and I don't know where it's coming from. Often I can track it back, but sometimes I can't. And that could be, again, from generational trauma, a certain scent. I could have come in with some DNA that tells me that scent is dangerous because someone in my past, someone in my lineage had a traumatic event that they associated with that scent. If I hold this idea of generational trauma Then when I'm listening to somebody and I can't quite understand where they're coming from, I can have a perspective of not knowing or openness that maybe I didn't have before. The final thing I want to talk about that gets us in the way of listening is delusion. This delusion that we have, this kind of big capital D delusion. If we think that things are permanent and that people are permanent, then whatever this person says, we're going to take as factual and forever. If we think that life is good and they're expressing something difficult, then we're going to start to have questions about what's wrong with them or what's wrong with the world or blah, blah, blah. But if we listen from a place of knowing that everything is impermanent, that there is difficulty in life, and that we are ever-changing beings, Again, there's a openness there. There's a receptivity that's allowed to happen. We can hear what this person says and not take it as something that's going to last forever. When we are practicing wise speech and it's not a moment to speak, it's a moment to listen. We want to listen at the right time. We want to be in our body. We want to come from a compassionate heart. We want to notice what conditioning or trauma might come up. And we want to let go of the delusion of permanence, the delusion of 
perfection. And we want to be open to whatever is arising in the moment. That's what helps us be a good listener. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.